Try and get a little bit closer to that mic if you can. Dan, get a little bit closer yeah. to me. Get a little bit, a little bit of my love. Welcome to Born to Watch, where three old mates, an ex-video shop owner, an industry insider, and a black belt in 80s kung fu movies, put their mastery to the test on movies that change the world. Hey there, fellow watchers. It's that time of the week again. It's Born to Watch time. And with me in the studio, the panic room, is Gao. How are you, mate? Great. Glad to be back here. Another great episode up tonight. Looking forward to it. Yeah, good comedy, this be, one. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun, this one, I think. And Dan up there on the land in Noosa in his new digs. How are you, mate? What's going on? Mate, yeah, but coming to you from the new podcast studio up here on the land, it's it's looking very good. So I'm uh, I'm going to be able to cut a bit more sick than I normally do. I normally have to, to dial it back about 32 40% just <laughs> because I have my, my children in the uh, in the bedroom next door, listening to me cut sick here, but uh, yeah, no such excuses tonight. So, a margarita in hand, and only you two to listen to my ravings. Things could get ugly. Well, it was mentioned last week that people were concerned. They thought you were quite lonely. You just were using the podcast as the way to get all your words out. <laughs> it was true. You both know that Animal Kingdom is uh, is close to my heart, so I was always going to have a bit to say about that. The never-ending story jibe. It hurt, but it was fair. <laughs> so uh, I, I I listened to, as I do every week. I went back and fast-forwarded all my bits, and it was pretty much the entire podcast this week. So, it was. Week, so, yeah. You listened to 91% of the podcast this week. That's it. That's yeah. it. But other than that, big week on the land. Uh, got my water tanks in and delivered this week, so a bit of a scary moment. When we push those three big behemoth things off the truck onto the uh, the pad that I had built with my own hands, with some some assistance from Emma Head, it must be said. But so far, so good. hasn't hasn't collapsed and rolled down into my house proper. But uh, yeah, I'm getting pretty fucking handy up here. That's for sure. Oh, nice and, work, Morgs. Yeah, look, no doubt, Dan. Just and killing it on the land. We love we love hearing about these stories from the land and. I could tell you had a big week because you got a bit land sassy with us this afternoon on the messenger, but you know we can. Yeah, that. yeah. What's well, it's a bit another couple uh, of margies. Another couple of margies work will help that, Morgs. <laughs> That's it. No, but my tongue's going to be loose this evening, and uh, yes, very much looking forward to it. Okay, excellent. After a fairly dark November with the Aussie film month, we're starting the holiday season with a bang. This movie is one of the three greatest comedy experiences I've ever had in the cinema, and. In a full house, it was next level good. Starring three Hollywood heavyweights and directed by a duo of comedy royalty, 1988's There's Something About Mary is a woke culture nightmare, but still an unbelievable rewatch. Let's listen to the trailer. No animals or humans were harmed during the following preview. Not even the fake ones. Honest. Are you going to the prom? I, I don't... Yeah, I think prom. Because I thought maybe we um, dumb. we could go together. Oh, you're gonna go with like a bunch of people, or <laughs> could, yeah, you want like a designated driver? I can... No, no. <laughs> I mean, you and me, we could go together. Why do birds suddenly appear? When I was 16 years old, I fell in love. Oh no! I... 
No, no, I was We got a bleeder! Are you okay, Ted? It was definitely love. I'm Mary again. I mean, crushes don't last for 13 years, right? He couldn't help it. Hi, it's Ted. I haven't seen you since, uh, since... Senior prom. I, uh... <laughs> How's everything? Oh, that's really fine. Strong like bull. <laughs> and he couldn't explain it. You asked me to follow around your girl, and I did. And then the truth is, I, I started to like her. Because there's something about Mary. She's still a fox. Mary's a fox. She's a fox. When a guy who can play 36 holes and still have enough energy to take me and my brother to a ball game. Just a little bit of history repeating. Too bad you don't live here, Ted. 20th Century Fox presents. How many is this? Four. Four. Seems like an awful lot to give one little pooch. He doesn't like anybody. He never usually likes guys. A new comedy. Come on, boy. From the Fairley Brothers, directors of Dumb and Dumber and Kingpin. Would you like a little clam dip, though? Whatever. Cameron Diaz, Matt Dillon, Ben Stiller. There's something about Mary. Are you the little guy making all that big noise? Well, a little better trailer this week, a little bit more action in that one. We actually got a feel for what the movie was, not like last week's Animal Kingdom or The Raid. Yeah, that's uh, on the way back up. That's better. Yeah, this is a better trailer. This is a better trailer. Thank, thank you, Johnny Bull, for making us keep it in. Now, this movie came out in 88. Ah, oh, sorry, in 98. When did we first see this one, Gal? I've got no idea. Okay. But I'm assuming we saw it at the movies. Yeah. We'll run with that. You yeah. saw it at the movies? I did yeah. see it at the movies, yeah. The yeah, only movie in, I can remember you, seeing Borgs? in 98. When did you first see? Yeah, no, I, I can only remember seeing one movie in 98, and that was Armageddon so with with Gao in the theatre at Williams Lake. Yeah, when that's right. Gao and I, on our travels, we were in Canada. That's true. We were over the You weren't travelling. That's, that's right. We were playing semi-professional rugby and, uh, and, and working as semi-professional ski instructors as well. And we, we, we piled up with a group of, uh, of rugby guys up at Williams Lake and they took us out to see this new Bruce Willis flick, Armageddon, at the local cinema. And there's probably about 25 of us in the cinema. And, uh, yeah, that's the only real movie experience I can remember from 98. I've, I've mentioned yeah. on the podcast before that when the when the meteorite was predicted to hit Australia, all those fuckwits guys stood up and cheered. Everybody in, cheered. Uh, in that's, the whole not right. that's not right. <laughs> not right. Not right. That's Including not right. your mate, your mate Roy with the uh, with the big Frank. Yeah. Um, that was yeah. So that was. But I fuck. When did I see? There's something about Mary. I have absolutely no idea. I remember distinctly, as usual, when I saw there's something about Mary, and and for one of the reasons is that I didn't see it with you two. I saw it with two uh, great friends, well, three great friends of the podcast. I saw it with uh, with my wife Megan, and I saw it with. Uh, Huey and Lou Barrett at Hoyt's uh, Ringamore. Yeah, friends. Friends. Rugby friends. Friends. And we saw it. Friends. Thank you. Thank you, in between us. Settle down, Jay. And you would be the Jay of our group, wouldn't you, Dan? I reckon. 
But <laughs> so do, I'd be briefcase Mong. Don't worry about that. Do you but get you'd the, be the J. Do you get the balls in there as well? Well, sometimes, yeah. <laughs> Mate, there's nothing. But there's no funnier television scene than when he's explaining him toe fucking the girl in the oh. caravan. Our watchers, if, what about some of the stuff that Jay oh, comes mate, out with? So, watchers, if you have not seen the TV series The Inbetweeners, an English uh, coming of age with a U TV series, you have to watch it. Two very sub-average movies, but three of the best series of television ever made. They're so funny, very, very. The funny. movies were, so I was saw this shockingly shot. But the yeah, uh, they got, the they got progressively worse. The, fir- the yeah. first one was all right, yeah. wasn't it? And then the first and then one wasn't it, bad. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. then it got then they just got pro- pro- progressively worse. Yes, they did. they did. Not not ideal, but anyway. So yeah, so I saw this without you guys in '98. Loved it. Pack cinema. There's nothing better. There's no. I don't think there's any better cinema experience than seeing a comedy. That's a good comedy in a pack cinema. My other two great ones were Dumb and Dumber and American Pie, which I did see both of those with you guys. So look. Overs and unders on there's something about Mary. And I'm gonna I'll put this at twenty. Okay, Gow, where do you sit? I'd have to say over. Yeah. I've got to say over twenty for this one for sure. Yeah. Seeing that it's twenty what, twenty four years old now? Yep. Yeah, I'd have to say over twenty. Good maths there. Yeah. Quick. You should do the ratings. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, it's much better when you do it. <laughs> uh, it's Morgs, the highlight of some people's show. It is the highlight, yeah. Uh Morgs, what about you? Over and under twenty. I'm going to go under 20. I don't know that I jumped onto this as hard as you guys. So it's definitely been a long time since I've seen it, so much so that I didn't remember one pivotal scene with the python when the well, boys jump it, break into yeah. summer. So well, we're, we're going we're yeah. to actually get to that because yeah. uh, because it's there, there seems to have been a bit of a takeover. Update? Of, Update? Yeah. That, well, there's an uncut yeah. version, which is 10 minutes longer. Uh, very similar to the Alien Special Edition where they've added a few things in, but unlike the Alien Special Edition, I don't think this does it any justice. I'm no, not sure whether there's those no, scenes there's no are robot centuries. No. No, there's not. But, but Gao, why don't you tell us about the movie? Okay. With the tagline, love is in the hair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's very <laughs> fucking good. <laughs> well played. It's well very played. good, isn't it? Yeah. Well played. Well played. 13 years after a humiliating high school episode of Prom Datus Interruptus, angst-driven Ted is still crazy in love with Mary. Hoping for a second chance at wooing the girl of his dreams, he hires sleazy private dick Pat Healy to track her down. However, <laughs> after taking one look at Mary, Healy decides he wants her for himself. Before long, Mary's suitors are engaged in a hair-raising battle for her affections. <laughs> and soon the fur really flies. Right out the window. So grab your hair gel and get ready to sing along with Puffy and enjoy another helping of Franks and Beans in this outrageous romantic comedy that's a gut-busting blast. I'm sorry. That gets 10 out of 10 for me. That's an obsession. That's That's solid, isn't it? That's the best one. That's five five out of five in the rank bank for synopsises. That's the best. Lovers in the hair is the all-time. Perfect, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Very, very good. Look. Interesting one, this one in the ratings. IMDb have got this at 7.1 out of 10. This is certified fresh, 83% on the tomato meter, but only 61% on the audience score. Now, we have no idea what that means, but what I'm going to ascertain that this means is that the critics loved it, audience not so much from a Rotten Tomatoes perspective. 61% is low, I think. 
I don't know. I'm, I'm sure this was a big hit, though. The audiences love this. For sure. This is one yeah. of the top movies of the year. Well, the Farrelly brothers were the they were the comedy gods. At yeah, the they time, were. Right. They, they were just they were just rolling them out, and mm. they were all good. There's an interesting uh, backstory. I don't know if you if you read that about about this movie and what they did with it, but uh, we'll get to that. We'll yeah. get to that later when we talk about. That. Sure, we will. Stats. I'm sure we will. Gal, why don't you Can tell I, us? Wait, I just need to stop you there. Stats. You've got to sell it in as if you know fucking everything, not that you do research for this, <laughs> just that you are the guru, all right? It's all about smoke and mirrors with this thing. Like, you guys, are, you know, are you really an 80s kung fu expert? That's debatable. Is Whitey an ex-video <laughs> shop owner? Well, I, I vaguely remember something about that in his business. Am I an industry film insider? Fucking oath I am. So <laughs> it's all about smoke and mirrors for you You've, you've probably got the... Uh, percentages of what we are in that triumvirate a little out. Uh, but, look, Gow, why don't you tell us about I, the I cast? Feel, I feel like I should have taken a knee there when industry heavyweights. Well, he's speaking. I know. I feel like I should take a knee. Well, I didn't interrupt him. <laughs> no. When, you know, when, 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 he's dropping, when he's dropping the gold. This is it. We've got to listen. Thanks, yeah, Morgs. Truth bombs. Truth, truth bombs. bombs. Call him Truth Bomb Dan. DBD. This is it. So, Gow, why don't you tell us about the cast of the movie? All right, let's start with Cameron Diaz. Cameron Diaz, uh, she was a model early on, left home at 16 and then travelled around the world, spent a bit of time in Australia. Really? Yeah, got uh, got alcohol poisoning over here, but, you know, that uh, comes with the territory in Australia, I guess. She must have been drinking at the stain. <laughs> Could have been. She was in the round bar. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, she came back at 21, uh, returned to California and then was working in a, as a model and then she got auditioned for a part in The Mask and got that. That yep. was straight off the bat, yep. so... No previous acting experience, and she got in that movie with Jim Carrey. She's the best thing which, in the mask. Yeah. yeah, I remember watching that when I first saw her, going, "Whoa, yeah, how good, how good is she?" I think this movie's peak Cameron Diaz, though. Yeah, this it is, is her. She doesn't get any better than this. Well, she started in the mask '94. She's the one in '96 rom com. Yeah. Not, a, not a bad not movie. Not a bad movie. Yeah. Um, with Ed Burns, Ed Burns Jennifer Aniston, it, yep. John Mahoney. It's a, actually it's a very good movie. Yeah, honest. that that is a good movie. Yep. Ed Burns, Edward Burns wrote that. Yep. wrote and directed it. Uh, feeling Minnesota. His moment, Ed Burns was. It was like a very fleeting Ed Burns yeah. moment in time, wasn't it? Like he uh, he had that the uh, Brothers McMullen that he wrote yes. and directed, yep. and the indie film that he shot for about fifty bucks, which was excellent. And then he popped up a bit. They tried to make him into a leading man, but he it just didn't kind of resonate. And then he was producing for a while, but yeah, it's a, it's a definitely a ninety snapshot in time to say that Ed Burns was one of the uh, with the it boys yeah. at the time. Do you know, well, do you know, he, he wasn't directing that, was it? Was it was it Peter Berg that was directing? Was that who the guy that was directing him? In what? In in that movie. In uh in She's the One. No, no, it was Ed, that was Ed Burns. Was he was he director? Yeah. Oh I know Peter, Peter Berg directed I think that. Peter Berg directed He directed it. The Brothers McMullen. The Brothers McMullen. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. But do you know who the, uh, Ed Burns is married to? Who? Christy Turlington. Really? Yeah. Very He's doing all right. He's doing all right. <laughs> He's doing okay. Yeah, he'll be fine. Right. Anyway, after that into uh into Feeling Minnesota with Ed Norton, Vincent D'Onofrio, My Best Friend's Wedding with uh, Julia Roberts, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, a small role. And then there's something about Mary, which really pushed her up to the heights. Being John Malkovich, Any Given Sunday, 99. Great movie. Uh, yeah, cracking movie. She what was is, the wife. What is, oh, sorry, I thought we were still talking about Ed Burns. I may have had, <laughs> I have had a bit too much margarita here. I was sitting there thinking, who the fuck was Ed Burns in Any Given Sunday? <laughs> there might be a bit of a delay getting getting this out to the land. There's a, delay. There's a delay in something. <laughs> and then, of course, she was in Charlie's Angels in 2000, another huge movie. Yep. And yeah, and in 2003, Charlie's Angels, Full Throttle, which I think 
she got paid about twenty million dollars for, which put her up. I think there's only a couple of actresses that that had got over that amount at that time. She was so, massive. So she was huge. Yeah. She was massive. She did the voice, obviously, of Princess Fiona. Yep. In the Shrek franchise, Vanilla Sky. She was in Slackers, the sweetest thing with Christina Applegate. Um, That's Gangs- quite a funny movie. Yeah. That's a good movie. It's got yeah. Selma Blair in it as yes, well. Yes, it does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Gangs of New York. Oh, God. She's bad in that, though. That's not- She's bad in Gangs of New York. I've got to say, she's got a bad accent. It's a bad role. I haven't seen it. Yeah. It's a great I movie. Seen it in that. It's, it's actually not a bad movie. I've seen the start of it. Never, yeah, it's never Martin Scorsese, Leo, yeah. Leo DiCaprio. That's right. Uh, Night and Day with, uh, with TC. That's a sleeper. Yeah. Night and Day. It's I a actually, good movie. I actually enjoyed it. And that yeah. was at the height of Tom Cruise craziness. Yep. And so it didn't do very well, but it's actually not a bad film. It's not yeah. a bad movie. They go pretty well together in the movie. Yep. They gel pretty well, yeah. Yep. And then Bad Teacher. Uh, but a couple of things. She was set to play. She was set to be in Mortal Kombat as Sonya Blade, but uh, broke a wrist before the movie, so Risty. couldn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> Risty. Um, and, yeah, and as I said, she joined the $20 million club after Julia Roberts when she did uh, Full Throttle in 2003. Was considered for the role of Dorothy Boyd in Jerry Maguire. Wow. Yeah, which is interesting. I, I don't know how she'd go with that. I, I, don't, I don't think she'd be too bad at that role. Yeah. Renee Zellweger is very good, though. She I, sort I don't, of plays yeah, after that. seeing Renee Zellweger, you know, she, she does of, do really well in that yeah, role. That. Well, she's now retired, essentially. Cameron well, she's pretty much retired after yeah. that. She's Yeah, she she's out of the industry, not doing yeah. too much. I think she unlucky, pops up from time to time. Unlucky in love to Cameron Diaz. Although she, I think she's with a partner she's now. She's one of the Maddens now. Yeah, no, she's. Yeah. Uh, I think she's. Yeah, I think she's with Donald Madden. Yeah, yeah. But she was actually with Matt Dillon at the one at the start. Yeah, hits, and then he um, gamed on. That's cheated right. on her. Yeah, it Didn't was he, that's he went, we we talked about it on the pod before, yeah. haven't we? When he yeah. he uh, took off and yep, he's uh he left her while he engaged. Unbelievable. Was there a was there a distinct break between when he was seeing her and when he started uh, up with the new? Birth? No, there wasn't actually. It's called it's called cheating on someone when there's no distinct break. And sometimes it's a quite a crossover. Sometimes, sometimes there's be. a crossover. There can be a crossover, and some people have been known to 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 do the crossover quite successfully. He got caught. Yeah, yeah. Didn't play his cards still, right. No, still Ben not Stiller. Quite sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ben Stiller was did did a, did a bit of theatre and a few stuff early, but but uh, had a, had his first role on TV in Miami Vice in '87, <laughs> playing a role that Morgan's played before, Fast Eddie Felcher. <laughs> Uh, was in Empire of the Sun in '87, and wow. did, did a few. Okay. Yeah, he had a small role as a dainty, and then a few independent movies. Was in Next of Kin in '89. Is that the is that the Swayze one? Swayze and Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson, yeah. yeah. Reality Bites, which he directed. That was, yeah, that well. was his. That was his breakout. Yeah, he he scraped up some money and and uh, directed and produced that, and then into Happy Gilmore as Hal the Orderly. He's so good in Happy Gilmore. Which is a great role. Yeah. yeah. Cable Guy at '96, and then something about Mary. Meet the Parents, which was massive for him. Well, I think Cable Guy was the one. Cable Guy was the one that, with him and Ke- Jim Carrey, which sent him on the on the way up. Then, if you go something about Mary, into what was his next one? Meet the Parents. Well, well, no, after that was Zoolander. So that oh, was yeah, two thousand. Then go. Zoolander. Then the Royal Tenenbaums. Yeah. So he's on his way. Yeah. Then. And then along came Polly with Jennifer Aniston, Starsky and Hutch, two thousand and four. Yeah. He uh, he I had like a ro- he had a role in Anchorman. Morgs, can we call it a cameo? Uh, yes, Anchorman cameo. Well played. Nice. We, we're getting there. We're getting better. We're getting there. Yeah. We, we're learning some stuff. We never stop learning here on the on the Born to Watch. Uh, Dodgeball, 2004. One of the White best movies Goodman, ever. Yeah, cracking movie. Good yeah. role. And then Meet the Fockers. Night at the Museum franchise started there. The Heartbreak Kid. Yep. That's another Farrelly Brothers. Yep. Tropic Thunder as Tug Speedman. <laughs> uh, 
Tuggers, how's my TiVo? You got the TiVo? <laughs> Matthew McConaughey, one of the best. He's the best. Oh, so good. The best. Uh, and then The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. 2013, which I believe he got an Academy Award. Or not an award for. I, I tried yeah. to watch some of that. Is he like a bullshit artist in that one? I, I've, I haven't seen it. I've only seen snippets of it. It's not my bag, baby. It's very popular. Mm. At the yeah. video shop, it was massive. Oh, but, it's, um, like yeah, it's look. that? Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't realize it was that old. I thought it was more recent. Yeah. He um he was but as I said before, he directed some of the movies. So Reality Bites, the cable guy he was director on, Tropic Thunder, Zoolander. Some of his biggest hits he was yeah. He was directing. Yeah, yeah. Obviously worked for him. He also does, and he does plays an amazing part in Extras with Ricky Gervais. Yeah, that's good. Which is incredible. That pops up on my Facebook oh feed my all God. the time. He's so funny. good in that. He's so good in that. But, um, and look, his, he, uh, his old boy was, of course, George's dad in Seinfeld. Yep. yep. One of the greatest Jerry characters Stiller. in TV history. His mum was incredible. quite famous too, I believe. She yeah, was she a famous was. actress. Yeah, yeah she was. Um, but yeah, look, he, he actually got, um, he holds a distinct Razzie Award record. He was nominated for the most titles in one year for worst actor in five or six films, which was Along Came Polly, Anchorman, Dodgeball, don't get it, Envy, and Starsky and Hutch. Yeah, Envy's terrible. I haven't, I haven't even seen yeah. that. And Starsky the only one and Hutch is unnecessary. Along uh, Came Polly's f- f- watchable. Uh, we, watched that, we watched that more. Yeah. We watched Along yeah. Came Polly not long ago. You were, yeah. you were cacking. You, you were yeah. sort of very... Yeah, no, I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah, that's a funny movie. It was fine, yeah. Yeah. He does tend to play the same guy in all his movies, the down on his luck sort of loser that's trying to get the girl. Yeah, Yeah, he is is always that guy. He's the same guy every movie. So is that him? Could be. Yeah. Uh, Was considered for the role of Willy Wonka in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, which obviously- Talk about unnecessary movies. Yeah. Yeah. Unnecessary. The original Willy Wonka, I just watched some of it the other night, it's still one of the greatest movies ever. Love yeah, it. so good. Yeah, it's a good movie. Oh, I watched Gene that not long ago. So good. Yeah, he's so good in it, isn't he? We're going to do that on board to watch. Augustus Gloop. Oh, yes. Uh, look, Matt Dillon. Love him. Started a movie called Little Darlings in 1980, one of his early roles, with Tatum O'Neill and Christy McNichol, and then was in The Outsiders in 83. So hang on, with whoa, whoa, whoa. Just, just way back. Christy McNichol, is she the female lead in Youngblood? No, that's um... – oh. God, no, it's not Chris Mintinickle. No. Her name Because we mentioned me. her a few times on the pod. She's in the pirate movie. She's in the pirate movie, yeah. The pirate movie was the big one uh, she was in, I think. There was a couple okay. of others too, but. Yeah, no, she does look a, a bit like uh, the lead in Youngblood, but it's not Chris Yeah, Mintinickle. Yeah, The Outsiders, 83, with an all-star young cast at that time. But yeah, it's an amazing movie. All of them went on to big things. Um, Rumblefish in 84. Now, Rumblefish, I don't know if it's in the movie. Was that a book we read at school? Did well, it we? was It was S.E. Hinton. It was an S.E. Hinton. It? It was a def- there was a school yeah, book. Yeah, it was there, another yeah. sort of uh, Outsiders Top yeah, yeah, movie. yeah. I, rem- I remember reading it. Yeah. I remember reading it. Um, the Flamingo Kid in 84, Drugstore Cowboy. Love Drugstore Cowboy. Saw that at Morgs' house. Did yeah, you? Good yeah. flick. Good flick. Yeah. Uh, Wild Things in 1998. <laughs> well, it, you know what's When funny? are we covering that on Born to Watch? Well, that's, that's going to be Born to Watch after at night. Born to Watch nights. <laughs> Born to Watch nights. So what? Late Just, nights. I have another question. It's on topic. So the, this was user selected, this movie, right? Correct. Yeah. So I think we need to provide a better selection of movies so that they can choose Wild Things or something like that. <laughs> Mate, I'm happy to get on and give them Wild Things, Nine and a Half Weeks, um, The Colour of Night. <laughs> Emmanuel. So we can see Bruce, well- Bruce Willis's Wang. Yeah. And what's There's a the few one movies we could throw it out. Forrest Whitaker. Basic Instinct. Is in love with the tranny. What's that one? <laughs> oh, oh uh, the, the Crying Game. The, ga- the Crying Game. Oh, the crying that's game. a good flick. Good flick. <laughs> 
Oh, oh my God. But uh, yeah, anyway, the same about Mary 98, one night at McCool's. He was in Crash, got nominated for quite a few awards out of that. The he worst, was the, the worst best. Why? Why? Exactly. The I mean, worst Crash be- is fine, but that was a travesty. No. Well, it was because it was right. It was a racially motivated film. So yeah. it was it was a stock standard award film, and it was yeah. not great. The worst best picture winner almost of all time, Crash. Mm. The Danny Moore of films. <laughs> Absolutely. Wearing the torpedoes. Yeah. <laughs> the old school padded torpedoes. Yes. yes. Uh, <laughs> you, me, and Dupree. 2006. Uh, <laughs> Hustlers, is that, 2013. Is, oh, hang on, I got Jim Carrey where he's a, a Rhode Island uh, copper. Is that you mean to pray? No, that's no, me, myself, that's and Irene. Yeah. Oh, God, how could I get those two confused? <laughs> you oh, mean Owen to pray is Owen Wilson. Owen Wilson. Sleeping oh, on someone's couch yeah. after they get married. Talk about, you reckon Ben Stiller plays the same fucking character every time. What about Owen Wilson? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. He does, for sure. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Thanks, Dan. But uh, look, he was actually up for the original Butch, or for the original choice for Butch Coolidge in Pulp Fiction. Matt Dillon was really, yeah, he was too. I saw that recently, just on an interview with Quentin yeah. Tarantino. He ran the while he won the role of Dickie Reynolds in the Blue Lagoon too, but uh, turned it down wow. because of the nudity. Was yeah. he? Is he a? Is he a? Don't know Mormon or something? Don't know. Is he Kirk, okay. Kirk Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Could be. But uh, interesting as long enough, as I, I read we keep this. on living. Yeah. You oh, can good. take anything that comes our way. Baby, Baby rain or shine. shine. All the time. We got each, each other. Sharing, sharing the laughter and love. love. <laughs> sharing the laughter and love. <laughs> nice breakout. <laughs> I've got some good acoustics in my new podcast room. So yeah, definitely. I hope you've got yeah, some sounds, sounds good, more. Sounds good, Dan. Ooh. You're killing it. Sounds good. Uh, but look, the original casting choice of for Pat Healy in this movie, the Farrellys wanted Bill Murray. Now, they just worked with him in Kingpin, which didn't do too well. It bombed box office The Kingpin's one of the, Kingpin's one of the greatest movies ever made. Yeah. But it it's bombed a good, it. It's a sleeper hit, that one. Yeah, sure. it is. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, it didn't do well. So, But they did decide he was too old for the part. And then, uh, well, he is too old for Well, he's way too old. Yeah. But then they looked at Vince Vaughn, Cuba Gooding Jr., Hank Azaria. But right, then, uh, yeah. but then they cast Matt Dillon, which was a bit of a comeback for him, bit of a comeback role. Yeah, he hadn't done much for a while. Yeah. Did you just topical on Hank Azaria? Did you see that he recently apologised profusely for the character of Apu? Apu in, yeah. in the Simpsons. Yeah, that wasn't that recent, though, was it? That was a while ago. He did that. Oh, okay. I only, I only like, in, recently. Okay. Mm. But I, I was, I mean, fuck. What do you do? It's something that's going to pop up a lot because we're looking at these movies that were set in a different time, and we talk yeah. about well, mate, pop culture. You could talk about it. In, you could talk about it in this movie. Yeah, right. Yeah. There's is, a lot of stuff you could cringe at now. This is a woke nightmare. This movie. Yeah, yeah for sure, for sure. But no, I, I, I thought that was interesting. It's difficult to. I mean, The Simpsons is universally revered, and that character. Yeah. I mean, yes, it's stereotyping, I guess, but it. Who needs the cookie well, mutt? So, yeah, exactly. Like, no, he's the tricky part. It, it was never handled uh, in in a way to denigrate. I don't think yeah. uh, Indian folk oh, think... or, or cookie mutt store owners like it was. Yeah. Yes, it, it's it's stereotyping for sure. But anyway, that's you know, it's a whole other podcast, what Dan. Do you, what do you say? Yeah. Here's thank a little you. St- come again. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> here's a stat. Here's a little stat for you. Here's one I found. I love your stats, Gail. Good stat. Patrick Healy 
is one of the co-producers of this movie. Oh, he's a lot, the, Patrick Healy, yeah. a lot of the people in this the movie. Farrelly Brothers names. mates. Are, well, are, are a lot of the Farrelly Brothers friends, yeah, a lot of people yeah. in that were extras and things like that. Yeah. So um, Cameron Diaz's dad, I think it's Emilio, was one of the jailbirds in the movie too. So he had <laughs> uh, a part scene in it. <laughs> Buttercup, baby. Why don't you build me up? Build me up. All right, moving on. Chris Elliott. Yeah. Uh, He started off doing sketches on Late Night with David Letterman in the 80s and then had a comedy series called Get a Life in the early 90s on Fox and wrote and starred in his own movie called Cabin Boy. Uh, he's he's won a few different awards, primetime Emmy awards for. He was on Manhunter. He wrote part of Manhunter. Yeah, one of your favorites, Whitey. Yeah, the and he was on the Abyss. Yeah, um, Grand he Robbie was actually Day. a really serious actor. Yeah, in the start of his career, he was, and then he just broke out. Yeah, well, he was on. I think he was on Saturday Night Live too. I think yeah, he, he was in there somewhere. Yeah, but yeah, the Abyss '89, Groundhog Day, Cabin yeah, Boys. He's the, cam- he's the cameraman in Groundhog yeah. Day. And then into King, he was in Kingpin as well as the, he's one of the gamblers. So a small role there. There's something about Mary. And then Scary Movie 2. That's where he's yeah. got the little hand. He's, the, <laughs> he's right. the butler with the little hand. So wrong. Um, that's right. I remember yeah. that now. <laughs> so wrong. Uh, but he was obviously, he had a recurring role in Everybody Loves Raymond later in his year. And then lots of jobbing, but was in Shit's Creek for yeah. the last four or five years. Had a, had a, Shits, Shits Creek is revered by the Creek. Megan, yes. Megan loves it. It's her favourite show. She absolutely I, loves it. I, yeah. I cannot. I've tried my best to get a roll on with yeah. it, and I just can't. And I love Canadians. Gow, yeah. you and I spent, like, a lot of our life in Canada on our travels. We, we've we we've been extensively throughout that part of North America together on our travels. Really? Travelling yes. as travellers. We spent and a lot of time I together did. up there, Morgs. A lot of time we together. We, 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 we never stopped learning here. We never stopped learning. And we get we get the Canadian humour, but I just cannot. I cannot buy into that. And you, mate, I hundred percent agree. Yeah, I hundred percent agree. I've watched it, and then I watched it, and then I got out of it, and then I heard it was really, really good, and you had to keep watching. I started watching a few episodes again. I could never get through it. I don't well, know what it is. Megan, Megan swears by it. So yeah. I hear. I know that she's up in the morning when I hear from the kitchen that she goes, uh, "Hey Google, play Shit's Creek." Yeah. That's all. Hey Google, play Shits Creek, and I'm like, you know, shits me off. Yeah, don't get it. Yeah, look, he was considered for the role of Harry Dunn in Dumb and Dumber as well. Nice. Which I, yeah, I don't know if he plays a better role in that. But anyway, no. and look, there's a couple, there's a couple other people in the movie that have got smaller roles. We've we've talked about Craig David's dad, Keith. Quite a few times. He's very good though. He's awesome really good. He's got a good bathroom. Oh, can whoop ass yeah. on you. That was oh. that was ad libbed. He had lived quite a few of his lines. I just love when yeah. he's in the bathroom and he goes, Open a can of whoop ass on you. Where where is his wife? What his wife in that? Marky scene? Post. Marky yeah. Post. Where is she? What's she? What a what she's at a night court. Yeah, she was at a night court. I was looking at her thinking she's really familiar. Yeah, yeah night court. Okay, she only just passed away just in the Oh, did she really? She's stunning. Good sort, yeah. Yeah, great sort. Marky Post. Oh, and you know who else she was on? Standing tall <laughs> on the wings of our dreams. Perfect strangers. Rising. Oh, she oh. On the wings of our dreams. <laughs> oh. <laughs> cousin Larry. I think he I think cousin Larry was plow, plowing Marky Post, which was oh. completely unbelievable. Well done. Completely unbelievable. Cousin Larry, no I lips. I didn't. I don't. 
I remember Perfect Strangers. I didn't watch a lot of it, yeah. I don't think. One of the what were you watching shows. instead, yeah? Oh, I've got no McLeod's idea. McLeod's Daughters. Yeah, could have been. Yeah. I reckon, yeah, Country I've Practice. I've never watched McLeod's Daughters. Country Practice. Um, but look, anyway, Keith David, look, he's been in a few movies, Platoon. We know he was in Roadhouse, had a massive role in Roadhouse. Huge role. Huge, huge role. Huge role. Um, Paused one coffee. He was third. Yeah. And look, third field we... lead. And he was on there for he seven won. minutes. He was. <laughs> he, was he didn't say a word. He, he poured uh, the coffee. Poured the coffee. That's uh, all he did. Yeah, did he did not say a word. We've been through it. His role yeah. got reduced. So, yeah. 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 But look, I won't go through it. And then look, there's Lee Evans, who plays Norm or Tucker wow. in this yeah. movie. Let's just stop on Lee Evans. So, <laughs> on on the revisit for this film, I just pissed myself every time he came on. The physical comedy, it was an absolute masterpiece. Oh, God. So, I just, yeah, yeah he's it good. Was so impressive. I, I believe that, that must that he he there were there were uh, reviewers that pasted him about his English accent in the film yeah. too. They thought it was shit. I was like, yeah, he's English, you fucking idiot. So uh, well, yeah, he is, but it, he hammed it up like he put on a real a real full on English accent. It was uh, yeah, no, it seemed funny. Look, funny. Yeah. good good comedy. Yeah. I've, I've done this a thousand times. I've done this a thousand times. <laughs> Very good. I love her, man. <laughs> Give Mary a good rudgering. <laughs> I'm going to get you drunk. <laughs> he is good in it. Oh. Uh, but, yeah, look, he hasn't done much. He was in The Fifth Element in 97 with Bruce Willis. Oh, that's a good movie. Something that Mary – look, he's yeah. he jobbed around a bit, but there's not a real lot of other – no, he's a, he's a very successful stand-up comic in the in the UK. Like he's, yeah. he's, he's yes. acting, yes, he acting is, yeah. was a, a bit of fun on the side. Yes, yes, and look, there's there's a few others in this movie with smaller roles. Jeffrey Tambor, obviously Sarah. Oh, well, we can't gloss over Jeffrey Tambor. You, I knew you want to he's talk got, about. He's him. got one of the best parts in the film. So we and touched even, on this earlier. Can we talk about yeah. this now? Yeah, we can talk about it now. So there, there, there's the ten minute uncut version of the film where there's a whole backstory to his character so in the theatrical release you don't really learn much about him but in this you learn that he's like a 19 he's been off the coke for yes. 19 years and he so doesn't that's drink in the new cut. so that's in the it's in the extended cut so then healy gets him back on the on the rack yeah. and, and he's racking up and then eventually he gets eaten by his snake by the python yeah, yeah by his snake. i fed him a few days ago yeah because i was looking at going i don't remember this this is all yeah. quite new to me yeah. so that was the version that we watched yeah. that, that that uncut version which i'm not sure that and i'll get we'll get to it in good the bad the other but i'm not sure it adds much to the movie no, not a heap. Although, look, that whole thing, the, the snake thing goes through the movie, you know, at yeah, the start. Does. And yeah. I fed him a few days ago, and then yeah. obviously he ends up getting eaten. Yeah. You know, yeah. the dog's just sitting in the what, house. Yeah. I can see what they were it's, trying to do, like when the dog re-enters yeah. and it's meant to release a bit of tension, but there's no tension to release. So it's no, just, no, there's none. Yeah, anyway. Yeah. yeah. But look, I mentioned, obviously, Jeffrey Tambor, Sarah Silverman in an early yeah. role, uh, Richard Tyson. Yeah, he's one I of the small roles. I just happened and the to other be watching out of, Funny People this afternoon with Adam Sandler. I was yep. just flicking flicking around on my bazillion channels, and there was funny funny people. And <laughs> yeah, she's Sarah Silverman has never really had a breakout role. She's always she's done a lot of support stuff, but she did the voice of the um, in in uh, uh, internet for Ralph breaks. The Wreck It Ralph, yeah, she's up. Yeah, Wreck It Ralph. Or, yeah, or, yeah. yeah. Fenelope, Fenelope, or whatever. Princess Fenelope. She, she's fantastic, and obviously a, a, a storied stand-up comedian, and, and yep. she's funny, yeah. but. Has never really. I really enjoyed her in the uh, the bits where the uh, American talk show ho- talk uh, talk show host who did the on fucking Mac Damon bit, uh, whose name oh, has escaped me. What's oh, his Kimmel. name? Kimmel. Kimmel. Yeah, Kimmel. Kimmel. He yeah. did the uh, 
that and she was a big part of that. She was obviously yeah. playing um, playing Kimmel's ex girlfriend actually as his ex girlfriend. So I think she's yeah. fantastic. But yeah, I she's great. Yeah. No, she's, she's quite that. funny. She's, very funny. Mm. Well, I was watching. I was just flicking through the channels and I come across Entourage, and she's in that episode when Ari. Ari comes back, and or maybe it was another one where he's trying to rep her. He wants to, he wants to sort of sign her up, and he's mm. trying to chat her up. And she goes, "I'm not going to fuck you, Ari. I know you're married." He goes, "I'm not trying to fuck you. I'm trying to sign you." <laughs> <laughs> Very good, great show, Entourage. Great but show. yeah, so look, and obviously she's in it, and Doback's in it as well. Yeah, he's uh, Richard Jenkins. He's Richard the Jenkins. psychiatrist at the start. Thanks, Doback. 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 <laughs> uh, but yeah, anyway, look, one more I need to mention is W. Earl Brown, who played Warren. Oh yeah. Now he's he's been in a few roles. He was in Scream, he played a character called Kenny in ninety six. He's obviously in this. He he was in Deadwood for quite a few episodes. Deadwood, you know. That's, I knew he played a cowboy yeah. actor uh, somewhere. I'd go recognize the face. I couldn't remember where. Good good stuff, stats. Yeah. He was in Draft Day, two thousand four. Oh, what a Oh, such a movies. good movie. <laughs> <laughs> what a fucking piece of excrement. I cannot believe you guys liked that movie. Mate, you're, sh- you're shit, Dan. You don't know what you're talking about. It's gone. That's <laughs> gone. There, I said my piece. How's your mom? Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, I was actually just thinking about how ridiculous a love story between a 70-year-old Kevin Costner and Jennifer Garner was. In my Kevin mind, Costner, look, let's be honest. Let's be honest. If any 70-year-old is going to be able to slay a 40-year-old, it's going to be Kevin Costner. Let's be honest. Now, I watched the first episode of Tulsa King this week as well. Oh, yes. Yeah. I, I love Taylor Sheridan. I love everything he does. Um, I don't know if I'll get to episode two. What do you guys think? Okay. No, I haven't seen it. I watched the first yeah. half of it. Yeah. Yeah, I might be with you on this one, Dan, and I'm a big sly guy. But same. But he's uh, the reason the, where I got to that in my inebriated mind was he's actually 75, plays 75 in the show, in the Tulsa King, and he puts he's away a, ch- a chick at a, um, a hen's night, and she's fairly disgusted with herself for putting away a 75-year-old, but he's in good nick. And I can't well, remember where, where this story's going. So, oh well, uh, if we want to talk about jump in. if we want to talk about stuff like that. Oh yeah, in, no, Cosner, Cosner. We were talking about how old yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah, yeah I remember. Yeah. So in in the mule, in the mule, Clint Eastwood at ninety one has a threesome with two Mexican drug girls. So if they've got the swinging dick in Hollywood, they can just I write whatever they want. He's Clint, he's Clint Eastwood. He's going to write that in there. I'm yeah, doing this. Yeah. It's like Tarantino writing in a, a, a foot fetish. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But, look, the reason I brought him up was because, obviously, we, we got sidetracked there on draft day. He was in the book of Boba Fett. Um, he had a couple of episodes. In a couple of shows, he was the proprietor. I don't know how you pronounce it. Wiki? I've forgotten uh, who we're talking about again. Who are we talking about? W. Earl Brown Warren. Warren. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So the, ho- the whole reason I brought him up is because his first ever role was a paramedic in a 1991 movie. In a 1991 movie. He was a paramedic in a 1991 movie. Sons of Lambs? No, and this leads us to One Degree. Oh. oh. He was in Take Backdraft. Take out cash. Oh, oh, he was, he was a backdraft. paramedic in, in Backdraft. So there you go. There's one degree of Kurt Russell done. Well done. Well, there's two it degrees. There's two. It was, yeah, but yeah. It, that's good. Warren's a good one because Keith David's obviously the obvious one. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I dig deeper than that, mate. I love that you did, yeah. yeah. Well done. I do know a lot. Like I don't research some of this stuff. I just you just pick it's it just up. There. I just it's pick just it up there. osmotically. It's yeah. Just there. Uh, what the look, fuck did anyway. you say? Osmotically? Yeah, is that even a word? I don't know. I th- no, I think you just freestyled them, which is grouse. Yeah. yeah. I was tr- I was I was listening to your notes, Morgs, and I was trying to take them in. 
It was a kaleidoscope <laughs> of bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we got to talk about the Farrelly brothers a little bit. Yeah, of course we do. I'm, I'm going to give you. I'm just going to give you a heads in. You guys can chat about this. I'm going to give you a, some of the movies we, we've been through. It. Dumb and Dumber, Kingpin '96. There's something about Mary, me, myself, and Irene. Osmosis Jones, terrible. Shallow Hal, 2001, The Heartbreak Kid, Hall Pass. And then most recently, The Greatest Beer Run Ever with Zac Efron and Russell Crowe, which is out this year. That's not a bad movie. Haven't, yeah, haven't, uh, well haven't come across it. Is it? Well okay. Worth watching. I've, uh, I actually picked this up in Phil's school for F-Wits this week, G-Man, and uh, okay. posit, posit the question to you cats and the rest of the F-Wits, are the Farrelly brothers the most storied sibling filmmakers that we know? And I'll, uh, I'll chuck a few more at you. I'm sure you guys know a few, but yeah, let's riff on that. I'm going to set over and unders at over an, over an hour for this week for Film School for Fuckwits. Nice. So, um, <laughs> let's Morgs. see how we go. Morgs, I can't wait for Film School for F-Wits. Yeah. That sounds really good. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's my lead-in, Morgs. I'm listening to your notes. <laughs> my God. They cut oh, heaps of stuff out of me, everyone. Listen, they cut heaps of stuff out of me. I swear heaps more and they cut it out there. I've said my piece. So let's go into eight, 1998 movies. Yes. The gross of this movie, $369 million worldwide, $176 million domestic. Wow. Um, I, it's a blockbuster. I, I, it was number four, number four of the year. Opening weekend, 13, nearly $14 million on a was budget this, of 20. Did this escape an R rating? Because there wasn't a lot of cussing in there, was there? It was only... The simulated uh, there was there was some stuff. adult themes, yeah. There yeah. wasn't much swearing. There was a lot of adult themes, though. Yeah, but I, I don't think it would have been an R movie. So that's mm. uh, yeah, well played. But yeah, budget of twenty three million. So let's look at the movies that scooped the pool: Shakespeare in Love in ninety eight. Oh, don't get me started off. on Shakespeare in Love because the next movie you're going to mention is Saving Private Ryan, and it should have won the best Oscar. Fuck you, Harvey Weinstein. Yeah, it's a joke. Awful. Yeah. Yeah. It's the greatest travesty of a thing that you've ever done in your life, Harvey Weinstein, getting Shakespeare in love to win the Oscar. How dare you, you grub. Everything else doesn't pale into, into comparison with what you did with Saving Private Ryan and Shakespeare in Love. There's, Fuck you, Harvey. There's a couple of sides to that debate, but let's park that. We actually also, about 25 minutes ago, argued that Crash was the biggest travesty in Oscar's history. So which fucking one is it? No, nah, well, no, nah, what I said was, as I said, that Crash was the worst movie to win Best Picture. This is the greatest marketing travesty in Oscar history. The fact that Harvey Weinstein pulled the pulled the strings for Shakespeare in Love to win and Saving Private Ryan didn't win. It's a disgrace. I said, fuck you, Harvey. Yeah. I do it myself. Exactly. Uh, Armageddon uh, must have been up there too, G-Master. So, right yep, Armageddon was the highest grossing movie of the year, $554.5 million. Uh, Saving, Private Ryan, Saving Private Ryan in at two, $485 million. Godzilla in at three, $376 million. Hank Azaria, speaking of Hank Azaria. And Something About Mary, three sixty nine. But look, Shakespeare in Love scooped it in the, in the awards. Best Picture, Best Actress, Best Supporting Actress in Judy Dench, Best Screenplay, Original Score, Art Direction. Steven Spielberg got Best Director. Same front runs we said. Best sound and best sound effects, best editing, best cinematography, and best film editing. That's what saving private. Yeah, Ryan and got. didn't win best best picture. Like yeah. it's a joke. Um, Robert Benini got best actor for Life Is Beautiful. Yeah, that, that's a great movie. That's a great movie, and he's one of the most famous uh, celebrations when he won. Sort of yeah, that's a, right. Did a handstand and yeah. danced on the on the stage. Settle down, mate. You had your moment. But yeah, hey, so I anyway, thought- look a few other movies that year. 
Sorry, you I thought about I, th- I thought about some more things I did on the land this week. Yeah, we don't care. We've passed that. Continue. No, on I can, on oh, wait, I've got it. Won't take long, but it's it's important because I actually upgraded. What a segue! For, I actually, yeah, well, was slick. <laughs> I upgraded for the first time in my life from the forty-inch Samsung into a seventy-five-inch Sony. I've joined the big smart TV, and I was actually tipped into it by uh, Mr. M White sitting here across me uh, from the land on the on the podcast video. Uh, how good yeah. are big TVs? They're the best. Welcome. Welcome to a new age, Dan. Welcome to – I couldn't help myself. Welcome to 1999. I was eyeing off that high sense and I couldn't help myself, so I bought one of those for the girls as well. So they've got a high sense just because I needed to do that deal because it was so well-priced. You are one of the shittest human beings on planet Earth. But anyway, let's move on. I support my Chinese brethren wherever I can. I, personally, I bow down to our overlords. Continue, Gail. Other 1998 movies, Deep Impact at number six, Lethal Weapon 4. Shakespeare and Love came in at 10 in the money list, 279.5 million. The Truman Show, Enemy of the State. Oh, Enemy of the State's a good movie. Yep. Patch Adams, The Waterboy. <laughs> what else have we got? You can Wait, do was, it. Where did The Waterboy Blade. come? Is that top 20 for The Waterboy? Water, water, no, no, Waterboy is... Number 20, right on the dot, more wow. 190 million. Yep. That's incredible, that. Yeah. That's um, yeah. Lost Bobby in Space Blade. The, wed- the Wedding Singer was the, in that year as well. He had a good oh, year. Oh, Taylor. The Wedding Singer is a great movie. Wedding Singer is excellent. Excellent movie. Yeah, excellent. I saw the musical, Shit House. Movie, yeah. excellent. Yeah. Uh, one of Morgs' favourites in at Sliding, Sliding Doors, number 49. Sliding uh, Doors. Is that Gwyneth Paltrow? Yes. Yep. John Hanna. But yes, anyway, that wraps up the year. Yep. So we'll move on. Okay. You got nothing else to add with that? You don't want to talk about any music or anything, Gail? You've no, I didn't I didn't put any music in. It's yeah. it's get it's getting out of the good stuff. Yeah, ninety sevens ninety eight's right on the right on the line, isn't it? Yeah. The music hasn't quite died yet, but it's getting there. Okay, question time. All right. Three pretty serious questions here. Number one. Do you think that Ted's Franks and Beans recover from the zipper incident? Not by looking at it. <laughs> How'd you get the zipper to the top? Oh. <laughs> How'd you get the beans above the frank? I, I was thinking. That of, is the best line. <laughs> what am I looking at here? But, How'd you get the beans above the frank? She's a dental hygienist. She'll know what to do. Oh, but, I but know, seriously. I, I know, of, and we know, and I'll, I'll leave them um, anonymous, but I know a few guys have got their fourie caught in their zip. <laughs> so it's definitely... That is, that's a thing. So, unfortunately, yeah. for our uncircumcised brethren out there, that that can be a uh, a natural harm to have a more sensitive helmet on your penis. But the uh, the frank above the bean, that's I mean, that's fucked. Yeah. Bean above the frank, it's fucked up. No. But it's um, it's got to be every sixteen year old's nightmare zipping in. Oh, I think we've I think we've all prom. nipped. I think we've all nipped. I've never gone full blown in I the zipper, but I've personally never. I think- never Never been about the prank. Every every sixteen year old's nightmare is actually getting caught by your mum giving it to the target catalogue in your <laughs> down, in your downstairs bedroom with fucking Kleenex all over your bedroom floor. But hey, that might be a bit specific for one of us on this call. Yeah, gal, you're such a filthy animal. Okay, I that came up at someone's wedding. All right, so then question two. So we're saying no, the balls and they don't recover. They don't no. recover. 
I don't think it's it's damaged goods. It's over. Okay. Pretty, it's a pretty brutal start to the movie. It's funny that that scene. What about her spray, spraying the oh, yeah. the bentine on or whatever? <laughs> that that scene, Back that whole scene is oh, it's hilarious. Awesome. It's a great bentine. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's called something else. It's called something. She called, they call it something else. My favourite is just the cop turns up at the window. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then, then the cop in the window. And then the phone. We heard a lady screaming. <laughs> no, it's this guy. <laughs> We've got okay, a question two. Yeah. Okay, question two. Uh, okay, why wouldn't Ted just come out and be honest from the very start with Mary? The minute she sees him, why wouldn't she just say, I've, I've, I've been looking for you. I actually got a guy to find you and I found you here, right? I know there's no movie after that, but he's not really that much in the wrong, is he? Is he a stalker? Uh, I think I think what Pat Healy did as a, as a creepy stalker. Oh, the, Pat Healy's bad. bad. Yeah, Pat Healy's bad, but he's not responsible for that. He's just you know real easy. Well, he did get him to go spy on her. I don't think he just said find out her details. No, no, no. Well, I think that he just wanted really he just wanted to know whether she was there. Like all the other stuff, Pat Healy did yeah. of his own accord. Really. Anyway, so no, he's a grub. Dan, what do you got? Was your question is Ben Stiller, should he have shortened the movie and said, hi, Mary, I love you, I've hired this guy? <laughs> That's all I took out of that question. Yeah, but, but, even, but even when even, he, he puts up no fight when the, when the letter turns up, he just puts up no fight. Like, plead your case, mate. Mate, if he was if he was an adult film star, he'd be in those cuckolded pawns that you see on Pornhub allegedly. That <laughs> yeah, yeah, says, you're right. right. Yeah, he's just he's he's just uh, he's handcuffed in the corner. That's it. Well, his he's, wife's getting ploughed by a seven inch. We're gonna have to cut that out. Guy. We're gonna have to. Okay, all right. Now, question oh, that three. That was fucking sweet up till that point. Yeah, so. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay, so uh, question three. <laughs> okay, question three. Then, after we've gotten over question two. Is this the Farrelly Brothers' best movie? Now, we've got Dumb and Dumber, Kingpin, Shallow Howl, Me, Myself and Irene. Oh, I've even thrown Fever Pitch in there, which is not a chance, but is this the best of them? No, not even close. Okay, what's what do you think's better? Uh, I think Dumb and Dumber shits all over this. Okay, yep. I would, I would say Dumb and Dumber, Me, Myself and Irene, and there's something about Mary up uh, the top three, yeah, and it's, you it's, can have them in your order, but yeah, I, I think that it's up there with those. Yeah. All right. Well done. I agree. I think it's probably not the best, but it's it's those three you've mentioned. I, I actually have a real soft spot for Shallow Hal, so I think that's a pretty funny film as well. Talking about unwoke. Okay, so let's move. Finally, we get to the categories: the good, the bad, and the ugly will lead us away tonight. We talk about the stuff that we like about the movie, the stuff that we think might be a little bad about the movie, and then also what we think is downright ugly. There might be a bit for all of this. We're going to start with you up there on the land. Dan, what do you got for good? Good. Lee Evans, again, really uh, didn't – I remembered I enjoyed the performance, but before I became an industry icon, I, I didn't really look at it critically. But on the icon. review, he's just fantastic. Every every scene I love that he's in, the Rogering Mary call, like, and, and the script helps. He's <laughs> yeah. obviously given a lot of help. I think he's fantastic. I think Keith David does some incredible bits with his uh, his minimal screen time. And I we I, we sung the Buttercup some before, but the closing credits, closing credits were Excellent. one of the most enjoyable scenes in the movie for me. So yeah, I agree. the fact that they captured that all the way along with all the scenes, and you got to revisit all those, the extended cast, and and you mentioned someone's Cameron Diaz, his old man was in the and scene in the in the orange jumpsuits and then the uh, singing the buttercup song so yeah that 
it's it's those bits when you've seen a movie a lot to be captured by a couple of scenes that you didn't really gravitate towards previously. That's kind of what's good for me. Um, yeah, that's about it. I I'm going to agree with you in a certain respect. There, Morgs. Yeah, Keith Keith David was great in it. I really liked that whole scene. We just went through it, you know, the zipper scene at the start. I think it just sets the tone for the whole movie. And there's some funny one-liners in that. We've got a bleeder, like we said. There's so much good stuff in there. From when he opens the door to when the ambulance takes him away, it's just, there's just so much going on in that scene. Warren, Warren picking him up and, and wrestling him, like dumping him on the ground. Yeah, it's a, that, that to me is the best part of it. I really enjoyed that whole scene. Yeah, look, that, I, I, that's my top. Yeah, look, I've got Matt Dillon. I think the movie is amazing. Yeah. I think he's so good in this movie as Pat Healy. He's just the quintessential, he is he's just the quintessential scumbag. And just with him sitting in the in the car listening to the conversation when he's going down, uh, is just hilarious. And I also think that I think that what I find to be almost the funniest part of the movie, and it wasn't that I used to think was, not so much this time, but the dog wrestling scene with yeah. the dog's on speed. It's just yeah. so stupid. But, it's awesome. But just the bit where he goes to poke it in the eyes and it puts its paw up, <laughs> I, I, I still laughed out loud at that this time and I was waiting for it. Uh, I think I think this is peak Diaz. She she has never looked better on, on film. Uh, she hardly wears a bra. She's... Just quality. She's radiant. She is a movie yeah, star. She, she's, she's amazing. You know, yeah, yeah. When she smiles, the world stops. You can yeah. understand that there's these this the world revolves around her. She's the sun and these guys are the planets and they just revolve around her. Uh look, I think the best one of the best parts I think is all some of my funniest lines are background lines. Yeah, you hear right? yeah. you hear them yeah. in the background. So, you know, he was masturbating, yeah, right? Yeah. Frank Zambins, Frank Zambins. And then, but my, probably the bit that makes me laugh every fucking time. I know what you're going to say. Exceptional, my ass. <laughs> <laughs> He's just palming them off. He just smashes them off. just, mate, it, that, I think that is my favourite line in the movie. And just oh. him celebrating in the background. It's just, I, I think that is so clever that some yeah. of the best parts of the movie are just, Secondary lines, and uh, the, the Farrelly brothers just crush that aspect of it. Uh, look, I'll roll into bad here. But look, the movie's too long. I think the movie's too long, and, and I know we watched the two-hour, ten-minute version, but I think in an hour fifty-nine, it's still too long. It takes it takes until there's forty minutes left in the movie for Ted and Mary to meet, and I found that to be strange. Uh, it's just again, the Farrelly brothers have this problem with all their movies. I think apart from Dumb and Dumber where the movies are just a little too long, not quite as bad as what happens as we move on to the movies of the late uh, the, the, the 2000s, but the movie is too long. There's some waffle at the start that could have been trimmed, I think. And, other, and, and the other thing which I think I could put in ugly, but I'm going to put it in bad, is Magda kissing the dog. Oh, oh yeah, well, that's yeah, 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 yeah. That yeah, is yeah. fucking oh, I, shocking. I know, we all know some dog lovers that for that wouldn't be a thing as well. So yeah, that, that's, that's a thing for me. Yeah. That's a thing. Yeah. But, no, I, I, I tend to agree. You're not going to put her, her fake leather boob? <laughs> I've no, got that elsewhere. That, that was awesome. <laughs> what do you got um, for bad, girl? Look, I'm just, on the rewatch, I rewatched this this afternoon. I, I agree with you a bit there. I, I you know, the whole ending, when they all finally get together and they decide that Mary's got to, you know, decide, that's 
in the last 10, 15 minutes it, of the it, movie, it yeah. It does really happen quickly. Yeah. And so I, I watched the thing, it is quite long. Yeah, there is a, there is a bit of time and there is probably a few scenes they could they could tighten up. And I, just on that rewatch, I haven't watched it for a while, but you could see that some of those are longer than I remember yeah. being. Yeah. But uh, you look, that it's a minor thing to me. I didn't have anything really bad for it. Yeah. It's, you know, there's some really funny bits in it, but they could cut, cut some of that time out. Yeah. There's a lot of waffle at the start. Yeah. What about you, Dan? Anything for that? Yeah, I agree too long. I mean, we, you have to look at this. Yeah, you have to silo this in its time in, in the 90s because there's so much unwoke shit going on. The the, the the gay slur stuff, it's just not required. Like, hasn't it become so on the nose uh, in, in our our viewing lifetime so quickly? So it was that's what struck me that the, when the movie opened. I was like, whoa, you don't see this a lot anymore. And yeah, and yeah. if you took that out of the movie, it would still be fucking sick. Like, it just don't, yeah. it's completely unnecessary. So it's it's a real shame that we, we're forced to view this through a lens of, okay, what, what does 2022 think of a 1998 movie? But uh, that was oh. I, I, the gross out stuff. I mean, fine, whatever, gross out's gross out. Yeah. It's, uh, it, it's fantastic. But there's there's a few things that I'm sure the filmmakers wouldn't include now that um, that that really speak, I guess, at the uh, at the beginning of the film that that are that are unnecessary. But yeah, just too long was a real bad for me. Yeah, look, I, I got I got one ugly, and we've spoken about this previously on the post on the on the on the podcast. Stand up masturbation. Right, it's just it it it's not a thing. Surely, you got a perfectly good bed there, Ted. Just lie down on the bed, right, or sit on the dunny. Don't stand up. Like, come on, pal. And then, how does that? How does it get on his ear? Like, is it? That's ugly for me, mate. It's a waste of masturbation. No wonder it took you so long. Be comfortable. Get on the bed. Lie down. You, you know where it's going to end up, right? I know that Cameron Diaz had some real reservations about doing that scene or having that scene in the movie because yeah. it was going to demean her character. It's, yeah. it's quite like it's a full-on scene, you know. It's so funny, though, after that, and he's just looking at her hair yeah. the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do, you, do you wonder if they had – do you think they had reservations going, oh, what do you think? Should we should we put this in there? Or yeah. do you think they just – they've just gone – they've well, just I know gone, they just went, go for it. Well, I think after Kingpin, they were like, fuck it, we're just putting everything in it. Because well, that, they, it made no money, Kingpin. Well, that's what I was getting to earlier yeah. was the Fowley brothers treated this like their last movie yeah. because they weren't sure they were going to get another crack. Yeah. And this went so big for them that it obviously set them up. But at the time, they just went, you know what, let's let's go. Balls to the wall. Absolutely. Because that's all we can do, thinking it might be the last chance. You got any ugly gal? No, not really. And Dan, any ugly for you? Just the silo? Yeah, that's it. No, nothing yeah. really uh, apart from that. Yeah, it, it's it's an interesting one for us because having to view these movies that are real silo movies and and try not to and try and watch it like watching it again in '98, that's the hard thing because some of the stuff is a bit on the nose. But I tell you what, some of it's still fucking funny. There's no doubt about that as well. When you're watching it with twenty twenty two eyes, yeah, yeah, you know, with glasses, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> All right, thick glasses, thick glasses, thick glasses. So we have now got to our newest segment of the podcast, which is Morgs' Quickfire. And uh, what do you got this week, Dan? You're going to hit us up and let us shoot it, shoot from the hip, yes. standing up. Stand by. So uh, let's go super quick on this because I'm going to, I'm just going to just stretch it out on Film School for Efforts this week. But first up, that's on a knife for a scene that's crossed over into pop culture. I think we all agree it would have to be the hedges for this one's pretty easy. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Hey, Derek, Spreckens your dick for the uh, the most unlikable character or portrayal character in there. For me, it's Moogie. Oh, Woogie. 
Yeah, Woogie, sorry. Yeah, Woogie, yeah, definitely. He's a, yeah. Have you ever had a whitehead on your eyeball? Cow, <laughs> yeah. anyone else? Yeah. I, I can't think of anyone in the movie yeah, that apart Woogie's from a pain in the ass. What yeah. a shit friend. Seriously. Yeah. Uh, Jennifer Jason Lee in backdraft for the character that's in a different movie. For me, it's Woogie again. I don't know. I, we mentioned him a few times in this, and I know he had lived a lot of this stuff. And he, it was actually his choice to put on all the uh, the facial, um, the, the, the massive big zit under his eye, and all the, the hives that he the had. Hives and all that. Yeah. On the revisit, I just felt like I didn't. I don't know. I didn't quite get why he chose to portray the character like that. What do you guys think? You know what, Morgs? I, I tend to agree with you there because when I. I think back to when I initially watched it, I, I didn't think that, but rewatching it now, I sort of thought that. I thought, oh, it's all a little bit contrived, and how do that? Yeah, his character doesn't. Yeah, how does he? How does he get to be friends with Ted? But Ted doesn't know, and then you know, like then he sort of follows him down there. It's all a bit of a funny stretch for me. His character. I agree. I think he's shit. Move on. Yeah, uh, Ripley running for the worst athletic prowess in the film. Not a, not a lot of standouts. Oh, no, 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 yeah. no. I've yeah. got, I've got it. I've got yeah. it. I, when um. When Ben Stiller gets the ass and he goes to throw the baseball, it's oh, a terrible yes, throw. Yes, well, wow, it's bad. Right, no. He's a it's terrible. Kid, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah it wasn't that for sure. at high school. He'd never thrown a ball before. No, good call. Um, you, could, you could throw. Th- sorry, you could throw this in there that when he when they stretch him out on the on the stretcher going to the ambulance, they actually drop him. Yeah, and that that was not on purpose. Yeah, so was, <laughs> they kept it in the movie. Yeah, they kept so they kept it in because it was funny, but they didn't mean to do that. Yeah. Uh, robot sentries for a scene that you'd most want to see in the director's cut, a la Aliens and the Magnificent Robot Sentries. Uh, I'm going to say I actually want the, to fuck off the extra scene. So the yes. whole Jeffrey Tambor bit, I don't give a fuck that he used to be a cocaine. Uh, it, it, the, the guy's never had cocaine in his life, which is um, remarkable to me that he's such an alien star. But when he's licking the dish or whatever the fuck he was doing in front mm. of the fridge, uh, and then he ends up in the python. I, I, that whole scene was just shit. Like I didn't. There was no tension for me at all. I didn't give a fuck who was in the python, and I picked it straight in one that it was meant to be Jeffrey Tambor. I didn't think, oh god, yeah. thank god it wasn't the dog. No, we're, we're expecting no, was somebody Tambor. to be home. Yeah, yeah no, just yeah. completely unnecessary. Not funny, and uh, yeah, yeah, not not welcome. Anything else you'd want to see though? Was there any any? No, nah, nothing. I, I don't think. No, nah. they could have cut. They could have cut more. I reckon they could have yeah. chopped some more. They could have chopped ten minutes out of that movie pretty easily. Yeah, yeah. You no, know, they, they could have they could have cut out they could have cut out a heap of the they could have cut out the hitchhiker they could have cut out um, you know there's a bit of funny stuff there but they could have you know I don't know it just seemed to drag that whole hitchhiking bit I know it's a bit funny like yeah I'm taking a leak too I'm taking a leak like that was funny but I think it's it just get me to Miami I just want to get to Miami yeah, some we of the stuff at the, in the in the first scenes they could have taken out the yeah. school the school kid stuff like yeah. enemies mates yeah, yeah they could have got rid of that. I, I did enjoy Richard Tyson, though, as the cop that beats on him yeah. uh, <laughs> against cast. He was coming off some of the more sultry films with his shirt off type. Uh, Two Moon he, Junction. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He was uh, he was quite the dish back in the day, Richard Tyson. That on the revisit made me fucking laugh. That, that, that whole when, scene. Back when was Kindergarten over. Cop? That's was it 88? 88? No, 88? Yeah, yeah. yeah, so that was right before that. Yeah. Yeah, no, he he had a moment. He a bit like Eddie Burns. He was around for a while, the old Richard Tyson. But yeah. Um, and last but not least, uh, Whitey's Brad Pitt for the actor that uh, each of us m- finds a bit of all right and would like. Well, this to is have easy. Adult relations with. Other, okay, I'm going to make it a bit difficult. Cancel out Cameron Diaz. Who is it? Uh, Magda. I- <laughs> 
She's got a couple not bad sort friends, uh, Cameron. I, I give Sarah Silverman one. Oh, yeah. see, I'm going to say Sarah Silverman. She's funny yeah. as hell and yeah. pretty. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, great call. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yep. Good call. Well done. That All was right. well done. Well played. Well done. That was good. That was really good. Let's move in to listen to this and we'll talk about a bit of behind the scenes stuff. Gow, what do you have for us? Here's a couple of things for you. Obviously, Ben Stiller and Cameron Diaz had the main roles in this, and this shot them to superstardom like we talked about earlier. Um, top of the A-list. But Stiller was the Farrelly's first choice to play Ted, but the studio didn't really want him. Um, the second choice was Owen Wilson, but the studio didn't want him even less. So they end up well, going Well, he was a no them. one. He was yeah, a no yeah, one. Yeah, that's right. So they let them cast Stiller in that. Jim Carrey was considered for the role. Courtney Cox was considered for Mary. Um, I can see that. Yeah. Could see that. Yep. Can see that. And Chris Farley auditioned to play Warren. Now I heard an interesting story. There was there was quite a few auditions for Warren and, and when and when the guy that got it got it, he played it straight, whereas a lot of the others didn't. They they played off a comedic role and he's, yeah. he looked at that and said, I don't think that's right. I think they've got to play this as a straight role. Yeah. Which which ended up winning the role off quite a few. But um Chris Farley was considered but that's when he passed away. I think he um I think he overdosed during this time period. Right. Um, another quick one. The dialogue between Ted and Mary when they talk about the meats on sticks. Yep. Have you got that one, Whitey? Yeah, no, you keep going. It's a good one. That one was uh, some recycled dialogue they had from Seinfeld when they were going to produce. They, they produced or they, they directed one episode of Seinfeld in the end, I think, The Virgin. Okay. Uh, but that was, some, that was some recycled stuff out of there and they didn't use it on the show, so they thought it would be funny to put in the movie. Which when I rewatch it, you can quite, you can kind of, I, I, I knew that fact before I watched it. You can see could, them riffing. I can kind you can of riff, them riffing hear on, them yeah. riffing on it. Yeah, definitely, definitely. You got anything, Dan? Nah, fuck all. <laughs> uh, so the scene where uh, Ted zips himself up is based on a real experience of the Farrelly brothers in their own house. So there was someone there, and the dad yelled out, "You know what are you up to?" He zipped himself up. Frank's above the beans. And it's just so uh, that's actually a real what story. A so story. when we said, what a great story, could it happen? I mean, yeah, it did happen. And they're drawing yeah. on their life experiences. So they wouldn't admit who it was. It was probably one of them. Yeah, could could have been. Yeah. Very, very funny. Very funny. Another quick one. Brett Favre oh, wasn't the first choice. No, they, um, no. no. There was like three before him. They had Drew Bledslow. They had Steve Young. Uh, who didn't want to do it in the end, and they because he was a Mormon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They ended up with um, they ended up with Brett Favre. Yeah. So you know the so we're talking about how the extended two hour ten minute cut was far too long. The original cut was three and a half hours. Wow. I, and there's some. I think we've had a couple of movies on here where we said we'd watch an extended extended, but I couldn't watch three hours of this. No, no. It's too long at two hours ten. Okay, you, and Morgs has got nothing. Got anything else, Gal? Nope. That's it. Okay, cool. We did one degree of Kurt Russell. We obviously have Warren, uh, and we also have Keith David. Uh, so let's move into the quotables, and there's about a thousand here. We've already hit most of these. We have, uh, but I've, I've, I'm going to start with. Yeah, and I was just talking about this a little bit off air while Dan went and relieved himself. Uh, and this is Healy uh, after he's been talking to Mary about being an architect, <laughs> and he says. Really, it's only a side thing for my true passion. She goes, oh, what's that? He goes, I work with retards. And then Mary says, isn't that a little politically incorrect? And Pat Healy says, yeah, maybe, but hell, no one's going to tell me I, I can and can't work with. It's like, oh, my God. 
Oh my god! And then obviously, then there's the other one about uh, Ted goes uh, when Healy's come back and he's telling him what's Mary's been doing, and he goes, and he goes, "You better catch up before she goes to Japan." And Ted goes, "Japan? What's she doing in Japan?" And Healy says, "Well, you've heard of male order brides? Well, they go the other way too." And Ted goes, "What? Are they desperate? She's a whale." <laughs> and he goes, Healy goes, "Yeah, you can forget it's a sumo culture, Ted." They pay by the pound over there, sort of like tuna. This movie has so many one-liners, oh and, and I know that I I semi-regularly get a text from you, Waddy, just every now and then going, no, 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 I said butt plug. She's heinous. <laughs> Mate, but before that, he goes, I still think I want to look her up. And Healy goes, who? Roller pig? Are you nuts? Like, it is so just wrong. Oh. Yeah, I, I love, how'd you get the beans above the frank? I cried laughing at that this afternoon. That's and, funny. And boy, don't make me open up a can of whoop. Did you yell at me? Did you raise your voice at me? Boy, don't make me open a can of whoop ass on you. <laughs> yeah, no. Nah, look, oh. it's again, it's eminently quotable. This oh, whole movie, of course, we've got we got a bleeder is one, and yeah. and cough it up choppers is one that gets said all, all the, the time. time. All Use the that time. all the time. Cough it up choppers, very funny. And I think that that's the perfect example of a scene where it's lost in the extended cut because they waffle on a bit. There's like two minutes before, yeah. And really, just get to the get to the line. There's yeah. no need this stuff about Norm in the in the in there. So anyway, oh look, and I'm sure that Dan's got none in quotables, do you, Dan? Because you are prepping for film school for F wits. Take it away, Dan. Yes, fellow F-Wits, uh, the segment we've all been waiting for. And I posited it early that uh, the, the question to everyone, to, to these two dipshits and to all of you, are the Farrelly brothers the best sibling duo in filmmaking uh, that, that I guess has happened in our lifetime? So I've got a few to roll through, but I'm guessing that these two will, uh, will have some to throw into the mix. But Let's uh, let's start off with a few that were going a little bit old school, even old school for us, and we're super old. But David and Jerry Zucker, so a film that popped up a few weeks ago and was under a few names for us. It was Airplane, I think, at the starts, uh, Airplane in the states, and what was it called out here? Flying High. Flying High. Uh, that were, yeah, but made by David and Jerry Zucker. Brilliant film, absolutely piss funny. But they did a whole heap of other stuff, like The Naked Gun and all their sequels. They did Hot Shots and Hot Shots Part Deux, and they also did the Scary Movie franchise, which was a bit on the nose. But as far as I mean, as far as a killer leadoff, that that Flying High movie is, is transcends a lot of generations, and you could you could plug that in and watch that with your kids today and still enjoy it as a really piss funny movie. I mean, they did uh, a whole they did the Kentucky Fried movie as well, and that I mean, which is a bit hit and miss. But I reckon as far as uh, siblings go, those two are a great great place to start i mean what, what do you guys think of their movies yeah very funny uh kentucky fried movie is i think it's a movie that you needed to see as a young a younger kid like you know that sort of really informative years that sort of 10 to 15 i yeah. went back to it it's it's a it's one of our one of our super fans uh, adam worrell's favorite movies and and his favorite skit catholic school girls are in trouble uh <laughs> he, he used to quote that movie eminently all the time he would be quoting Sephora. Kentucky Fried. Yeah. yeah. So I went back to watch it and I and, and when I was I must have been like 26 or 27. And I remember coming to golf one day and going, mate, I watched Kentucky Fried Chicken, uh, Kentucky Fried movie. It's Kentucky Fried shit house. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, Oh, but what about I go, yeah, mate, sorry, don't get it. 
So I think it's one of those ones where you need to see it, yeah. No, Um, some definite hits in there amongst some misses. But uh, number two for me, the the Wachowski siblings obviously are responsible for, among other things, the uh, original Matrix trilogy and then the fourth completely unnecessary film that was added. But if we look in isolation just at that first Matrix film, I mean, what what an amazing feat of filmmaking that was. Like that when I remember seeing that and just thinking, fuck me. What an incredible film. And uh, I thought that the number, I, I think we've discussed in the past, I've, I've seen half a number two and none of number three and fuck all yeah. on number four. So they definitely lost out for that. But I actually, that, that one that, you get. No, you continue. Was, I was going to say, I watched, like, I watched all of them, Morgs. I watched, yeah, I watched you seen all the of them because Josh wanted you to. You've seen the fourth one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and they progressively just get harder and harder to follow. Like if you think well, if you think the first one's sort of hard to that you sort of got to get through it by the end. Well, I actually think their legacy would be greater if they'd only done the first movie. Mm. Agreed. I, Agreed. I think, I that think the, the first movie is a, is almost a flawless piece of cinema and had never been done before. Yeah. And then what they tried to do was just jump the shark. Yep. Each movie. That's what I mean, and it just gets progressively yeah. more and, harder to follow yeah. and, and to, to the, get into. The second one is okay. The yep. third one is poor. The fourth one is unwatchable. Mm. Anyway, the first one is magnificent. Did you guys see Jupiter Ascending? No, I refused to watch it. Yeah, that again. I mean, these guys are handed $100 million to do a film. Incredible. Studios trust them implicitly, and they just unfortunately push out a lot of dog turd that that the mainstream certainly don't dig. There may be some sci-fi nuts out there that absolutely love this stuff and can tell me to get fucked. But as far as watching this with uh, with my old eyeballs, unfortunately after The Matrix, I just don't feel that they uh, they are able to live up to that amazing start. But uh, other siblings, so these guys actually didn't collaborate, but uh, I, I think it had to be included in the lits, but it's the Scott brothers, Ridley and Tony. So how many yep. films of these blokes are in our list of of if not the greatest of all time, but the greatest viewing experiences that it's just, I mean, Tony has done a, an incredible, incredible filmography uh, of films that we love everywhere from Top Gun through to uh, True Romance, which I watched this this week for the first time in a long time. But uh, there's Gladiator, there's Black Hawk Down, there's Thelma and Louise. There's a whole heap of incredible films. And then if you look at Ridley, there's the guy made Alien and, and started off. What was what was destined to be an amazing film series that was unfortunately hijacked by some some poor production choices and some hamstringing of amazing directors like David Fincher. But uh, as far as two brothers that have given the three of us films that have stayed with us our entire lives, it would be hard pushed to pick a, a sibling pair that uh, have had as, as big an impact on the three of us. I've got to say that by the time we close the doors on Born to Watch, and whenever that is, is whenever that is, it'll be a long time in the future. But I'd be interested to go back and just see exactly how many movies we do of the Scott Brothers. There's a big. I think it would have to be eighty five percent. We will do by the end of it. They are just yeah, oh, that's it. Of them. There's and very so few different cool ones. I mean, so different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. An amazing, so different. amazing chasm yeah. between their production styles and and the way they go about producing their own movies and yeah but it, it, you're absolutely right we will end up doing so many of their collective films yeah. so they had to be included uh another more contemporary set of brothers christopher and jonathan nolan so i know really yeah, close to my ones. Yep. Start. yeah so that it's it, again uh, christopher nolan gets a lot of the raps for 
the, of course, the Batman trilogy and and a lot of the the films that he's done subsequently. But Memento was actually a short story written by Jonathan. So that, and that's what really yeah. started off, I, or I guess introduced us to the brothers. But the um, it's it certainly the the screenwriting talent of Jonathan and the the film direction and production talent of Christopher is something that have really lived with us over the last sort of 15, 20 years that, um, that, that certainly mean that they have to be included in this list. Yeah, look, I think uh, that uh, then- I agree. I think they could be the best, but I think that if you've got one left or two left, I think that they're going to be surpassed by the next couple. Yeah, look, and I've got two left on the list, so I'm going to go with the Farrelly brothers, obviously bringing us something about Mary. Now, we talked about our favourite Farrelly brothers films earlier, but for me, I, Dumb and Dumber can't be surpassed. Like, I like, I love Kingpin. Obviously, something about Mary we're talking about tonight. Um, and there's certainly the Dumb and Dumber sequel did nothing for me. Uh, and, and there's some other films Awful. in there that, yeah, yeah, there's, I mean, I, I just don't think that they can eclipse what they did with Dumb and Dumber as far as if we go back to our hot take um, our fast questions. Like there's so many scenes from that original Dumb and Dumber and, and so perfectly cast and so stupid but yet so awesome. I just don't think that uh, it, you can really surpass where they went with that film. But as far as their collective of films, this as if you take us back to a moment in time, these guys were producing a film that we went and saw every other year and loved absolutely implicitly through, throughout that time. So uh, as far as producing siblings, it, it, again, they would be up there in, in the top couple for me. But the, the final two, which I'm sure you both have guessed, um, and such a, a, a such a broad spectrum of films that these guys have done, the Coen brothers, just uh, Joel and Ethan. So some of personally my absolute favourite movies of all time are in this list, and I don't want to give them, give them away because we'll end up doing them on Born to Watch as well. But the uh, what what about you guys? What where do the Coen sit on your list of I guess not even a oh, sibling filmmakers, just a filmmakers. Uh, yeah. They're, they're, they're number one if you're talking siblings. Like, it's very difficult to go past them. They're, they just do stuff different. Yeah. they oh, The Big Lebowski. Yeah. Fargo. Fargo. Like, yeah, yeah they're just that out of the box. Yeah. It's, it's everything they touch is, yeah. is almost just a masterpiece. I watched No Country for Old Men on one of the plane flights recently. <laughs> I, it's such sure a good movie. That's one of the movies Daniel's talking I watched, about. Yeah. I, I, again, I don't want to overfroth on that, but, yeah, that, that's definitely one that we'll revisit because I'll demand it. But, yeah, they, I mean, these guys are so oh. So quintessential as far as our love of film and, and over the last 25 yeah. years have, uh, have, have given us so many classics. But what, what's really remarkable to me is they can do Oh Brother Where Art Thou slapstick uh, amusing comedy right through to taking the, the words of Cormac McCarthy, one of the, the, um, the, the basically the greatest American novelist of the, the, of the 20th century and making a film from his works as well. So they, they, they can just do stupid comedy and, and they do incredible films as well from the drama spectrum. But yeah, they, it's, it's very hard to surpass as far as siblings. I mean, if yeah. I broaden it to TV as well, is there any other siblings that really stand out for you guys? Oh, I I think you missed you've missed a pair, and it's yep. odd because one of them is one of your favourite movies of all time, and you've we've done it on on the podcast. You've missed the uh, McDonough brothers. You've missed yeah. Martin and John Michael McDonough with I did. Uh, the guard I, I and in Bruce. Yeah, no, I, no, absolutely. I th- I think it's right of you to bring them up. I did leave them off purposely just because. 
they don't cross over a lot and I do love all of their films and obviously we've done The Guard and uh, and um, Three Billboards outside um, uh, Illinois, Missouri is, is another favourite of mine. But, yeah, is, uh, is, is certainly I'm, – I'm glad you brought them up, but I, I chose not to put them on the list. Yeah. Yeah. Um, awesome. TV? Yeah, TV. I mean, obviously, Stranger, uh, Stranger Fiction. Yeah, the Duffer Brothers. Fucking, the Duffer Brothers, yeah. the yeah. Duffer Brothers. Like, those guys, incredible. And they, they just think as one, apparently, from all reports. And the fact that Netflix, Netflix has given them just a, a bazillion dollars to make these movie-length episodes of, uh, of, of that incredible show. And I haven't caught up with that. Gail, are you up to date with that yet? No. No, 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 no. So it's it's no. definitely on my list, and I, I normally don't like Whitey holding this shit over me. But uh, Stranger Things is one that I haven't been able to catch up with. But yeah, again, yeah, I, siblings that uh, that have produce as uh, and, and working so directly together is uh, you, you would have to look at some of the Stranger Things episodes because they're two two hours long, two hours long. Yeah. They definitely I, can be considered as film. Yeah. I, I I talked about this a while ago. I I got through season one. I thought it was fantastic. I started watching season two, and then I just season two is a bad season. Yeah, and I just couldn't get through it, and then I, I just never got back onto it. So maybe I need to revisit it. Season two is a bad season. It's it's like the Wire season two, where you've just got to battle through yeah. because there is gold at the end gold, of the line, yeah. okay. right? And I think yeah. that there's no doubt that season two was a hiccup, and they did fix that. Season three is better. I, I really enjoyed season four. I think that's probably my second favorite season. Nothing compares to season one of yeah. Stranger Things. That's okay. that's just quality. Fair enough. Yeah. All right, how, that it, Dan? Well done. So that's it for me. Yes, uh, that they're my top siblings. If you, if wits, you know, I really appreciate your opinion on this. So if you guys think of any other siblings, just flick me a note at dan at myspace.getfucked and I'd, I'd like to really take a bit of time out of my day to think about what you guys think not. Excellent. Well, well done, Dan. That was amazing. Uh, and look, we've... Now moving into a category that we're resurfacing after having a few weeks off, and we're going to put Gow on the hot spot here for Stan Bush Kick-Ass Credit Song. And Gow, you've done one. I have done one. You've done one for something about Mary, and what's it called? It's called Creepy Stalkers. Creepy Stalkers. That was the angle that I would have gone as well. Yeah, well done. Yeah. So, mate, when you are ready, we've now got Matt Gowan in the panic room for his Stan Bush Kick-Ass Credit Song. Creepy stalkers. Take it away. We're going to try and get through this in one take. Not famous for my one it take. It won't happen. You, you've ne- you haven't done a one since. Yeah. Well, it's it's you. <laughs> it's not me. It's you. Can I film it? No. It's your <laughs> laughing head. So you've got to stop it. Sorry. I can't You're already gone. It. I know. It's, this is my favorite part. All right. Here we go. Creepy stalkers. Ted likes Mary, but has mugged hair and braces. If he's beans above his frank, that's some pretty bad places. <laughs> what you can't do that. Oh. When you first started, I thought it was not you got a mullet. I thought he's gone, he's gone off it. He's, he's not mulleting it, but I love it. Let's start in. Sorry. We'll start again. All right. Here we go. Ted likes Mary, but has mugged hair and braces. Zipped his beans above his frank. That's some pretty bad places. Didn't make it to the prom. Had to get his zipper down. Never saw her again because her family left town. And now it's been 13 years. Got Pat Healy on the job for a Miami stalking spree. Listening in on her phone, he gets really creepy. Tries to leer through the window. Gets an eyeful of leather titty. Hey, 
Norm's in the mix, but he's running fake lives. Woogie's stalking hard too, but broke out in giant hives. Ted fights with Puffy. The poor dog barely fucking survives. Mary's got stalkers. She should have called the coppers as soon as she saw Pat Healy's new choppers. Yeah, she's got some creeps. They're all pretty scary, except for one good guy. His name is Brett Favre. She's got some stalkers. Oh, my God. Yeah. Is Morgz gone? I don't know if Morgz is gone. <laughs> I was cacking myself. I had it on fucking mute because I was laughing so much. So, oh, well played. Well played. <laughs> yeah, well done, Gia. I'm loving that uh, you got a mullet lives. I love it. I love the tune. it. It's the a tune. great tune. You've you got to just, when you've made a masterpiece, you've yeah. just got to bleed it dry. Okay. Well done, G. We love it. Uh, let's move into star of the show. We're going to start with you up on the land, Dan. Who's your MVP for There's Something About Mary? Yeah, I've tried to avoid this actor throughout just because it was so obvious, but Cameron Diaz is just, she's magnetic in this film. You can understand why she was such an incredible movie star at the time. The charisma, the empathy, the you're able to tell everything about her character, yet she's still a 15,000 out of 10 at the same time. She owns this. Matt Dillon, I think, is excellent as well. But, yeah, for me, Cameron Diaz just, uh, just steals this. Yeah. I can see that. She's got a very similar role in The Sweetest Thing where she's, you know, that that girl next door, very funny and vibrant. So, yeah, she's really, really good in this movie. I just went the other way. I went with Matt Dillon. I just think some of his lines in this movie, he's got he's got some really good lines and he plays that goofy sort of character so well. You know, to, he, he was great to watch in this movie. You could there's a, there's a few different ways you go with this, but I'm going to go with Matt Dillon. Yeah, I'm going with you, Gal. As as magnetic and beautiful as Cameron Diaz is, I think the movie doesn't work without Matt Dillon. You could put ten different women in that role as Mary, but I think Matt Dillon just crushes it. In saying that, she's amazing, and it it's pretty close between them. But I'm going with Matt Dillon. All right. Final thoughts. What a movie. A good, as Morg said, it's a silo. You've just got to go back. You've got to get back in the time machine like Motley Crue. And you've got to go back to 1998 and pretend that nothing has happened. Was that was that Bon Jovi? Or, no, it was Bon Jovi. No. But, uh, they it was Bon Jovi. It was Bon Jovi. No, no, no. It was Bon Jovi. It was Bon Jovi. Because remember, they, and then he played one of John Bon Jovi's wanky uh, songs that he wanted to play, oh. and we were all screaming, get back in the time machine! <laughs> no, it was, I'm sure it was Motley Crue. It was, what's his name, the drummer, and he got it, and he, remember he had the, he had the whole cube thing that he was in, yeah. and he played upside down, he goes, I got in the time machine, and I went back. Yeah. Maybe. Or maybe we're morphing. Oh, uh, maybe we're morphing concerts. It could have been. It could be. It could have very easily have been Bon Jovi. Could uh, be. Who knows? But we, anyway, we went back in the time machine, whether it was like Motley Crue or Bon Jovi, and went back to 1998, and I felt very comfortable there. I quite liked 1998 and the fact that we really didn't give a fuck about much at all. Good movie. Wouldn't be made today, which is another reason why I enjoyed it so much. It's time for the rank bank, and I've got a few things for us today. So, okay, we've got terrible NFL cameos. We've got old, saggy, pruned boobs. We've got huge, fake teeth. We've got baseballs. And we've got Franks and Beans. No, it's got to be Franks and Beans out of that. You got anything else you want that you think might add in there? I, don't, I like Franks and Beans, obviously. 
We could have gone with creepy stalkers. We could have gone with creepy stalkers. We could have gone with leather leather titties. Yep. Uh, but I'm happy with Franks and Beans. Morgs? Has to be has to be Franks and Beans. Has to be Franks and Beans. Okay, so how many Franks and Beans? We're gonna start with me. Because we never go, I never go first. So I'm gonna start with me. Okay, I enjoyed this very much. Look, it's not by any means a perfect film. I'm giving it 3.75 Franks and Beans. Oh, you stole mine. I was going 3.75 too. Yeah, okay. I, I, I'm the same. It's a great rewatch. You can watch it a heap of times. It's still funny. Uh, it's a great, it's a great laugh. Not the greatest movie of all time, but certainly something you can put on and you know without any issues and and watch happily. Absolutely. And Dan, what about you? What do you got up there on the land for yeah. something about Mary? Good choice. Thank you to the efforts that voted on this and selected this film. Really enjoyed going back to it. If I catch it on one of my 50,000 free TV channels in the future, I'll, I'll, I'll probably watch it from there, but I'm not, not going to go out of my way to start it for me. I'll probably say farewell to There's Something About Mary for me. Really enjoyed it over the last 25 years. Three and a half, Franks and Beans for me. Thank you very much, Farrelly Brothers. Well done. Well done, Daniel. That's yeah. all pretty close then. It is. And uh, Gao, let's have a look at the uh, listing here, and I'll just flick the sort onto the onto the spreadsheet, and I might do that before I change it over so that I can actually see what's going on here. Obviously, we're going to edit this. High-quality programming here. <laughs> we're just seamless. Filter one. There we go. And we are now moving over. Okay, so Gao, so where does There's Something About Mary sit in the pantheon of Born to Watch movies in the rank bank. Okay, we've come in at 3.67 francs and beans. That puts us into 18th spot. That's one below Avatar. Oh, actually, so it's equal with Avatar at 3.67. How do we say that? Skang. 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 We need Damo. We do. And I want to stop you there, Gail. I want to stop you there. I'm going to change mine to 3.55. No, I'm you not, can't do that. You I'm not fucking that. having a film, this film under Avatar. Avatar licks balls. It's the same. No, it's not. It's, oh, no, no, it's below. It's 3.51. Just fucking put, just put it above Avatar. Hang on. Hang on. 3.51. Hang on. This is manipulating the ratings, Morgs. This is manipulating the ratings? No, I fucking hate Avatar. I'm not having it. If it was fucking my time again, we never would have done Avatar. Fuck you, Damo. You didn't do it. You didn't do it. Well, this no. could cost us. This could cost us our license. Okay, Gao, take it away. <laughs> At three point six eight, francs and beans. Three point six eight francs and beans. Where does there something about Mary sit in the rank bank? This puts us into seventeenth spot now. Three point six eight francs and beans, right above Avatar. Three point six seven. Suck it, Avatar! Sk- you fucking shitty. <laughs> uh, and right, right below Crocodile Dundee, another recent one. Oh, sorry, right below Commando. Uh, at 3.94 elaborate European flat tops. So into 17th spot, probably where it should sit. It's on the there. bottom half. It's in the bottom half. Yeah. I, t- I tell you, i got to say. It's above Major League. It's above Tombstone. Yeah. Look, I've got to mm. say that I don't think this is a better movie than Major League. I don't think this is a better movie than Tombstone. I don't think this is a better movie than The Raid. Yeah. I don't, think this, I don't think this is a better movie than Tremors. What about yeah, Lost Boys? I don't think this is a better movie oh, than Lost Boys. I think we fucked this up. No, well, we that's, can't. No, we, no, no, no. Yeah, but that's 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 what it is, Dan. We'll, you we'll can't double stab a triple stab, Lloyd. <laughs> you can't triple stab a double stab. <laughs> <laughs> so look, 
I, I'm happy with that. I'm happy with that. It is what it is, and I'm sure it'll all even out in the end. Uh, okay. What are we watching? How the fuck yeah. is it going to even out in the end when they just well, stay we, where it is? Well, we might we may revisit a couple of them. We may do a, a, a repod. We may do a repod. <laughs> Morgs, Morgs, might have, Morgs might have to send a few apologies and changes. Uh, and look, to be perfectly honest, in regards, to, in regards to the raid, you guys didn't sit in on that. So there's an opportunity there for you to rate that. That was only me and Damo. No, so I, I think that it's it's four Ben Chongs for me. I'd fucking like the raid. Yeah, well there we go. That's that's lifting it up already. So there we go. So what are we watching, Gow? Yeah. You had any any chance this week to, to get in front of the Yeah, tube? I've been I've been banging out a couple of episodes of Yellowstone. Oh yeah, nice. Season five, loving it. Good series. Yep. Um it's hard to watch it week to week. I like to like to binge it all. But yeah, no, I've been watching that. That's really all I've watched. Yeah. Um might have to try and get into Stranger Things. Yeah, restart it again, yeah. You won't be yeah. disappointed. I got out of um, what's the Game of Thrones one? House, of, Dragon, House of Dragons. I, <laughs> I haven't. I just haven't got. I haven't finished the last couple of episodes in that. Oh, what about you, Dan? What have you been watching? I've been watching heaps this week. So I watched. I mentioned to you midweek. I watched Juno, which was I fucking really like that film. So it's a great movie. All, some of our female fwits have reached out and said, "Could you do?" A flick that that maybe we're into a bit more than all these dude flicks that you always pop up. So I'd be down to do Juno in the future for sure. I think that's a fucking uh, Cap Kobe Diablo. What's a Diablo Cody, the the writer director of that one? I think it's fantastic. So really good flick. Um, I also I told you Tulsa King. I started that. I'm going to give it. A, I'll go to episode two, but if it doesn't get me a poor old slide, going to lose me on this one. But. Other than that, I watched the Aussies towel up Tunisia in the World Cup last night. That was good to watch. Geez, that uh, that suit is not bad at the back, is he? He went all right. He went all right. Yeah, he yeah. was good. Geez, he, geez, he saved them. Yeah, he did yeah. a few times. Uh, okay, so I have gone back in the time machine, which seems to be a bit of a theme tonight, and I've restarted Twin Peaks. I'm going back Ooh. and revisiting Twin what, Peaks. What made you decide to watch Twin Peaks? I don't know. Somehow I just thought about uh, – Some I heard my son or my daughter say, oh, it's wrapped in plastic. He's and then, dead. Wrapped and then, in plastic. And then I heard about, plastic. you know, she's dead wrapped in plastic. So I went back and, yeah, it's it's quality. I've seen it probably f- ten times. The, I reckon I've seen season one ten times, which is all David Lynch. Season two and season three are pretty rubbish. He's not involved. But it's very, very good. It's very slow. It's It's – it's good though. I'm enjoying it. I'm up to episode three, which I'll probably bang out four tonight. Watch episode four tonight, and away we go. So, look, another great show, boys. Well done, and it's great to see Dan up there in his custom-made podcast studio. Which, once we get up there and uh, add some soundproofing to it, it'll be amazing. It's like he's uh, it'll be like he's here with us. Uh, okay, so next week, Gauss picked a movie. I oh, think. yeah. Oh, fuck. Look, what are we talking about? No Retreat, No Surrender? Where are we going? I'd love to get No Retreat, No Surrender on there. I've actually had a couple of people approach me <laughs> about doing it. We're going to need to cover it somewhere along the way. We are going to cover it, just yeah. not this week. What are we doing, Gal? We're going to go back in the time machine a little bit and do a great movie, The Usual Suspects. Yeah, okay. oh! Awesome cast. Awesome wow. cast. Really strong cast. Really, really good movie. Um, yeah, this really is yeah. yeah, Yeah. look, I've got an interesting story about seeing that at the movies as well. Uh, a great movie. Really, really good. Yeah, sort of been cancelled a little bit with, with old uh, Kevin Spacey. Yeah, with but, Kevin. No, remember, but, he's, he's back. He's back. He didn't tempt with that dude, apparently. Yeah, but he's still it. up on about 65 other charges. Yeah, that's all right. That's all right. He's my boy, yeah. Spacey. He'll be back. 
Well, are you cuckolding your are you cuckolding yourself in the corner to Kevin Spacey over there? Oh, I just I, I was disappointed when he was found to be such a well that no, wasn't found to be alleged creep because I really enjoy his uh, his filmography for sure. So he, he's a that. super I, actor. I hope it's disproven. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah. but uh, I don't, no, I don't right, think it will yeah. be. Doesn't take no. away from the fact that he's a good actor. Absolutely. Yes. Look, but the usual suspect I'm look, I'm is looking, a, an amazing choice, Gal. Well played. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the usual suspects. It'll be a cracking episode, and I'm sure it, that's one that might almost go longer than the movie. It may well do. There's a lot to unpack. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Brian, Brian Singer, isn't it? Brian Singer is the director uh, of X, X-Men fame. Yep. This is before he made superhero movies. I'm pretty sure it's Brian Singer. Anyway, it's a great movie. It's one of my favourites. I obviously know a heap about it. Don't even know who the fucking director is. But next week we are doing the usual suspects. We'll, we'll cover that off next week. We will. We will. <laughs> after we after we learn everything that we already know, like Gow does, with no research. Until next week. Bye thanks, for now. thanks, everybody. What a great episode. Looking forward to speaking to you all next week about the usual suspects. Absolutely. Catch you then. If. I give you a choice between the cow bomby and the margaritas next week. Just say the cow bomby. I'm buckled. <laughs> I can tell. I can tell. That's bye from Dan as well. Thank you for listening to this episode of Born to Watch. To join us on our journey into some of our favourite movies of all time, you can find us on all good podcast networks like Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If you like what you hear, give us a five-star review and share with your friends. <laughs>